It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Bowles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the Espedition Network. And joining me once again is the Commissioner, Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, this really is May, isn't it? We are in May. It sure is, man. <laughs> it's, it's exactly the month Justin Timberlake warned us all about. <clears throat> it's gonna be. It's, uh, it is like, this is how you know May is a light month. And this isn't a diss because I actually applaud this greatly. When Tim Priester is basically doing a blog post about the kids' uh, high school mascots. Ooh. When he dives down that rabbit hole of, of uh, blogger material, you know it's May. Yikes. You know it. I appreciated the article. I just kind of chuckled that it was Tim. I'm like, oh, so we're so this is May. We are <laughs> let's get out the notebook, as we said in <laughs> Reporter Land back in the day. <laughs> I mean, just our our pre pod meeting alone uh, was not of the. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot in there, we're, but we're, we're going to make it worth your while. We're, we're inspired. We're going to we're, we're going to make it your while. I worth your while. Somehow, some way, we'll find a way. Yeah, unlike the uh, NCAA uh, men's lacrosse uh, selection committee, we'll figure out Man. how to get we'll figure out how to get some good things in the right spot. I'll tell you what, there was a unified front across the nation. Like people had Notre Dame's back, unlike you would normally expect. 
and like like dude Anish like completely going off the rails and going off on the NCAA. That just that's not what reporters normally do. Like not like that. So bravo to that. But yeah, that's some fucking sh- bullshit right there. <laughs> you win the arguably the best uh, lacrosse conference in the you know the nation, and they can't figure out a way to get you uh, get you in that that NCAA tournament. <laughs> you're you're co-champs with Duke, and neither one of you were invited. Right. Yeah, it's weird. But three Ivies. Was it three Ivies in there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, it it really sucks because the after the uh, you know Notre Dame was it was they did a you know a winner go home scenario basically when they played Duke, beat them, and you know it sucks because they basically celebrated after that game that they were in the tournament as they should be, and dude, not to no, that's rough. That is very, very rough. Uh, you know, but of course, the one fan base who didn't have Notre Dame's back wasn't even wasn't Harvard, who absolutely does not belong there. Like Ohio State fans took offense and no one even fucking brought up Ohio State. No one even <laughs> said Ohio State's fucking name. And of course, they're offended. Like, we're not even talking about you, dickheads. We're talking about we're talking about Notre Dame. We're talking about basically Harvard getting in. It should have been Notre Dame. Yet Ohio State fans are like creeping out of the woodworks. Shut As up. They are apt to do, though. That's kind Shut of their MO, right? <laughs> Shut up. No one said your name. Go back in your hole. We'll deal with you in a few months. God damn. <laughs> like, like, I'm getting uh, this, you know, this game coming up for Notre Dame, the, the season opener against Ohio State. You know, it's personal for me, right? Yeah, yeah. Because 90% of my friends, I'd say at least, are gigantic Buckeye fans. Gigantic. And they all know what I do. They all know what it is. So, like, people that are on Twitter that guys from high school that I haven't talked to in, like, years with weird Twitter handles are just, like, coming out of the woodworks chirping at me. And I'm like, what the? I don't even talk shit. Like, I'm like, I don't. Unless you're Michigan or USC or just some rant. I'm not a big shit talker on big games, especially games that were 13 point underdogs on on the road. (laughs) You're not going to catch me uh, talking too much shit, at least sober or even drunk two months out. The night before, we might get we might get some. That's when the 12 and 0 uh, blog happens. Oh, show me me the loss. Wait till we make our picks. Wait till we make our picks and then uh, and then we'll see how it goes. I think when we do our picks, we're going to have to do video form. We're going to have to record the video of that. And uh, we need to make a drinking game out of uh, out of our picks. <laughs> Listen, I'm here for that. <laughs> and and uh, we, you know, we've had people ask about putting this. I don't know why you want to see the three of us uh, on video, but uh that might that might be, might might be the time to do it, and then you can see uh, see us just get obliterated. We'll have to figure that one out. Uh, moving on. Look, uh, y'all need to get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Any review that you leave, we will read on the next OFT podcast. 
Brennan, what kind of reviews are we looking for? What kind of rating? Uh, we're looking for those uh, earned five stars. Um, I think last time we uh, we mentioned a Kyle Hamilton earned five star, but uh, we'll take the old fashioned Jeremiah Wusakuromoa or the Julian Love as well. Yeah, shit, give me a Julian Love. Just get, just get it on over there. Uh, so tonight uh, I do have one review for us to to peruse. Uh, this one is from uh, G Bank Five. Says off the rails follow up. I saw the title of of the last off the rails and immediately knew which date Josh was was going to. <laughs> Probably wasn't hard since I go off the rails about it about every other podcast. Uh, says I think about that day a lot too. But Josh, you got to let Kansas State factor go. They lost by four touchdowns. It's not a like a play here or there would have mattered. The Oregon game has got to be the focus. I swear I had a conversation with God the moment Stanford lined up for the field goal. We both knew it would be better if Oregon won because the SEC teams were primed to open that back door. But I said, fuck it. I want to be number one. So if you want to put me on the villains part five pod, then so be it. I'm man enough to handle it. Anyways, keep up the great work, fellas, and go Irish. Uh, Thank you for that. That five-star review. Love it. Uh, No, I don't care about the four. It was an unranked Baylor team. You were the number one team in the country. And I don't care I, if they lost by 70 points. It is Kansas State's fault in Kansas alone, period. I'm not, I mean, I, yes, I guess I could blame Oregon some, but it is Kansas State's fucking fault because that is a guaranteed win for Notre Dame. That's a natty. Oregon, Oregon not, as much, not as much of a guaranteed win. Uh, I still think Notre Dame would obviously be a much better game than Alabama. Uh, <laughs> but... But Kansas State's a fucking guaranteed win. And so that's where the animosity because because I know the end result. I fucking know it. I am a time traveler. Me and Scott Bakula. You and the writers <laughs> of the you and the writers of The Simpsons. Yes, yes. Or all the people on the internet that create the things uh, that make it look like the Simpsons are are perfect. So yeah, I I, I have been thinking about doing that pod for, for, oh, a couple of weeks at least. And I even thought about bringing it up on, on, on the OFD pod. And I was like, nope, I'm saving that for an off the rails, off the, saving that. So, oh, I see how I, it is. I, you, I, save the, you save the good content for yourself? The, the juicy you're, stuff for yourself. You're hoarding it? Maybe. Maybe. So I'm trying to get two episodes out a week because uh, I'm trying to get us up those fucking pod rankings on the network. Perfect. We slipped a little. I'm leaving it up to you to get all of you out there to grab your grandmother's phone, your sister's phone, your ex-boyfriend's phone. Ooh, wow. Hit that, smash that subscribe button. Give us a review. Give us a download. Give us as many downloads as you can get. I'm trying to prove a point here. I was under the impression that uh, you were only to use X's if you needed to catch the Notre Dame USC game. Like our good friend Greg. <laughs> I don't think anybody, anybody knows that story. You want to tell that story, Brent? I yes. forgot about that story. That's a good story. So yeah, I, I'm. I'm. It was. I'm pretty sure it was in the uh, early aughts, and um, it was back when games weren't on. Uh, you know, you were subject to regional blackout, right? They they put the ESPN games, and it was all regionally put out there. 
and I think Greg had an ex-girlfriend's mom who yeah, it was the had mom. the had the it was Notre definitely Dame, the mom. Had the Notre Dame USC game. <laughs> and Greg went over there while she was not there. The girlfriend was not there. He just goes over to the uh, ex-girlfriend's mom's house to watch the Notre Dame USC game. And if that is not dedication, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe the mom's hot too. Maybe it wasn't as I mean, maybe it wasn't as hard as a. You know, yeah, I, I think I think we did make some really crass like was your girlfriend's <laughs> name Stacy and all that kind of stuff. So okay, I forgot all about that. <laughs> I forgot too until Brendan just brought it up and that reminded me of a chicken chuckle. Oh, speaking of hot, did you guys fucking see the drip that Freeman and Dick Corbet were dropping on Twitter? Uh you mean Freeman's uh, immaculate purple sport coat? Yeah. Shit, dog. I mean, <laughs> leave some for the rest of us. Holy shit. That is, that's got to be one of the, the ESQ suits or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, they don't let, they don't let them leave the house in any sort of formal attire that's not an ESQ suit. Can't. I mean, dude, that was, I mean, and look, Dick Corbet was looking fly as shit in his get up. Yeah, he looks like the leprechaun. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and listen if people are like man that that name sounds familiar look if you're on go to twitter look up freeman's account he's posing like a leprechaun just looking like fucking smooth smooth operator next to this little old man that kind of looks like a smaller version of lou holtz and he's dripped out in his green that dick corbet yeah that's that's the dick corbet who endowed <laughs> the head coaching position that's why anytime people say or you'll hear it from Notre Dame, the Dick Corbet head coach, Marcus Freeman. That's that's the dude that dropped the coin. Look at that guy. He's just drop he's just dropping bills. Anyways. I would not want to get my picture date with Marcus Freeman because everyone Hell suffers, no. in, suffers in comparison. No, no. Having said that, he should take that same picture with Michael B. Jordan, and I would be very interested to see what they look like. Both doing the I mean, rock, the Rocky fighting Irish pose. Honestly, Dick Corbet looks like a, an anorexic older version of Brian Kelly. Ooh, and so the whole wow. color scheme is that that's some shit right there. I mean, look at it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if, if somebody was a Photoshop guy, you know, Brian <laughs> who Kelly know? face who, on that. Who do we know? Who do we? Know? I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody that. I'm just, we're all just trying that. to find the guy who does that. Yeah. <laughs> oh shoot. <sighs> well, let's get into some business here. So, again, it is May, and we'll, which is going to be a, f- a funky little month. All right, there's going to be a whole, not a whole lot of news. Some recruiting stuff, which we will get to here in a minute. June is better than June's of the past because of the accelerated uh, recruiting calendar. So there's a lot more going on in June other than just the fr- the, the rest of the freshmen arriving, a lot of official visits, a lot of recruiting news. So that'll all be fun and dandy. Uh, but right now it is, it's pretty thin. Uh, so, so let's start it off with this. So the NCAA finally decided they're going to, they're going to do something about NIL. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they're coming in like, 
I don't know how to put it. Like the NCAA is like the dad who doesn't do shit watching his kids. And then they break a vase. And then next thing you know, he's like fucking drill sergeant dad. Uh, that is a perfect analogy for what the NCAA is. They are the like, off- say anything about all the other shit going on until something happens. And then it's like, you little sons of bitches should have known. Uh, no, they didn't. Cause you never told them. You just let no. them run fucking wild. And the, you, you know, it, it's very much like a Will Smith slap scenario where the NCAA is just like nodding along. And then, you know, <laughs> the Jada Pinkett looks over at the NCAA and the NCAA is like, oh, oh, uh, and then they Are get the up Jada on stage. Like the coaches that don't want to share their uh, revenue or the university. Jada, they, yeah, they are a uh, Dabo Sweetie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was okay so, uh, with players making money as, as long as they weren't making too much money. Well, the thing is, is the NCAA is actually right. Yes. Their timing is just terrible. As per usual. Per usual, this, this should have been the focus from the jump before things spun out of control. Before Texas A&M <laughs> was able to buy one of the greatest recruiting classes of all time. Allegedly. 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 Yeah. Allegedly. I don't think we're going to get sued for this. So I, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure players all across America. I don't I don't need Jimbo down. Fisher dropping my name at a press conference. <laughs> well, maybe I do. That, that'd probably be a big win. But. Do I, I say sure. vowels or vowels? Oh, if he calls me vowels or vowels, it's I'm fucking driving to College Station. That's on. That's funny. Yeah, but we're. If it's not the money, where's the recruiting momentum for a Texas A&M team that struggles to finish third in their division of their conference? Right? Oh, no, no. That's just, exactly what happened. It just it is it is hilarious to me that Texas A&M might be the the school that was able to, to just in time for Notre Dame too, by the way, because that class is going to be coming of age for the Texas A&M c- series. They'll be juniors and seniors, I think. Oh, half of them will be transferred. Don't worry about it. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you're you're right. As, as Jimbo's fired for another eight and five finish or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so. The worst team I mean, can buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what, we kept, what we keep hearing from everybody, whether it's coaches or or athletic directors or media members, they're, they all keep bringing up this phrase, and, it, and they're like, that's not what NIL was intended to be. And what they mean by that is that name, image, likeness meant that kids were, kids that were already college students were able to make money doing autographs, doing whatever it is, whatever. I mean, I, this part is kind of a, still a free, free ball. Get a Lamborghini deal like fucking uh, what's his nuts of Texas. That's all fine. That's NIL. But what what it wasn't supposed to be was the bag man. It wasn't supposed to be legalized uh, slush funds. It wasn't supposed to be the third best quarterback in America deciding to go to Tennessee, uh, known uh, powerhouse program, Tennessee, right? Right. Now, fools, charlatans. I mean, you you all knew that this was this was what it was going to be. Without guidance, you had a, I mean, and the NCAA made damn sure to like sidestep it all I was throughout say, this entire time. Are, maybe I, maybe you guys disagree, but like, is anyone just reveling in the NCAA getting their comeuppance for 
for such their like such their ineffective stance on this than the like I'm so scared of Alston that I don't want to actually get involved and now coming in and being like trying to shut the barn door after all, literally all the cows have gone out. I mean, in a way, yeah, because fuck the NCAA, but it's also it's just shitty because it 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 is gonna fuck up some things. You know, maybe not so much for Notre Dame, but, you, but for other but you know what? other programs maybe, out there. Maybe it's a fuck up that will change college football for the better. I mean, it could. It, listen, if NIL was just done the way it was intended, and if there was actual rule, if they were actually going to enforce the rules from the jump before everybody could twist it around to make it something that it wasn't supposed to be, then it was great. Then it would have been just fine. It would have been what we had wanted. But look, but, this is a know, very unpo- unpopular thing to say in a, in a Notre Dame uh, on a Notre Dame podcast because I don't think Notre Dame would go in this direction. But I think Gene Smith is onto something in saying that the, really the college football playoff should take over the FBS and the NCAA double H continues to fuck around with basketball and Olympic sports. I mean, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree, and that's sort of what it is because do does the winner of the um, FBS football championship. Do they receive a trophy from the NCAA? No, no, they do not. yeah. So what do you guys I mean, do? Yeah. So, so yeah, so it's already been that way in a way, right? Like, no, they don't have a government. They don't have their own governance structure though. Right. But I mean, I mean, and here's the thing, the reason why the NCAA has stepped up uh, to the plate uh, with pea stains down their leg is the fact that you had athletic directors from schools that, I mean, let's face it, were in the in the Power Five that were just not going to compete uh, on the same level as some of these other schools. And when it comes to the to the slush funds and shit, you know, they went beating on their door like, "You got to fucking do something about this." And so it's not really the NCAA; it's athletic directors and presidents from other schools like getting just trounced. Like, hey, this wasn't supposed to be like this, right? Like no 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 it wasn't supposed to be like are you gonna are you, so you're gonna say something right? Oh yeah yeah I mean yeah yeah I could I could say something. I mean that's basically that's that's the conversation that's what happened. So it, it, it's just weird it's just like <laughs> I mean you got Emirates stepping down this whole thing's about to blow up like I think Samson said you know like this year's fine right like yeah we're all expecting this year to be fine but like after this year. After the 2022 season, there might be some really weird shit going on um, as far as the power structure goes within college, major college football, which could be fine. I mean, right. it, it may this, end up being just fine. I think this has been this has been on the horizon since O'Bannon, right? I mean, like this is just well, it's we've been, been the ultimate art. We've like, lit, the NCAA really just refused to do anything to set actual guidelines in place. And then now we have, I don't call it a wild West, but we have this sort of um, unregulated market. And now the NCAA is like, we should do something about this. Like, yeah, your time to do something about this was in 2014, like 2022 after everything's happened, it's just, and also States and the feds have come up with their own, or I guess states, not the feds, but the states have come up with their own differing NIL laws. And we have this patchwork, you know, where rules in Indiana are different than 
rules in Florida and you know, it just, it's chaos. Right. And so from amid yeah. the chaos comes opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, and listen, I'm going to, I'm just going to let everybody know right now, if, and when the, there is like a break from the NCAA and there is not, you have a, a new like football organization, college football organization because of all this, Notre Dame will, I, I believe Notre Dame will end up doing that. They're not going to like sidestep themselves into the fucking Ivy. Well, but that's, that would be contrary to what Jack Swarbrick and yes, it would. Father Jenkins have said, but go on. Right. I, but I mean, <laughs> we we can back, we can backtrack and backwalk statements all day long. Right. Like sure. Jack's a lawyer. Jack's a lawyer. I mean, and well, a lot Jack of times gone by then, so Jack won't give a shit. And Jake well, and there you too. Right. And there you go. I mean, that, that's an easy, easy way to get around it. But even if, even if they are there, you could just come up with a, a little asterisk about, well, this happened. And so it, but I mean, I would expect if that happens, uh, they would keep a, a conference structure in place, right? Cause like the SEC is still going to be the SEC and the big sure. 10 is still going to be the big 10. But that's not going to be, that's probably not going to be good for Notre Dame as far as the whole independence vibe goes. That's that, that now there's a, now there's a direct way for them to say, you have to be at a conference because of the way this is structured. Now there is no independence inside this, you know, this college football organization. Right. But again, it, it, you're think about it in terms of why Notre Dame values independence. They value independence because because of the historical reasons, but also because it's advantageous to the current scenario. If it were, if it refused, stopped to being advantageous, I think people would want Notre Dame to join this oh, yeah, football yeah, playoff sure. consortium than, than to play Ivy Leagues. I think there'd be more people right. that say, yeah, I join a conference than fiercely guard that independence and go play Harvard, you know? Yeah, it's what, Jude, we've always said it, right? Like, until until Notre Dame is forced out of like being able to play for national championship, why would they change anything that they do? Absolutely. Like, but I never so, thought that that was a, that, that like it was an, a line they, they could not cross. I think that it was, right. it's never, well, it's never been att- attractive enough. Well, I think there are fans out there. I think there are plenty of fans and alumni out there that think that's a line that will never, that won't be crossed ever. I, I disagree. Or, or, and, and if I think, if you look at Jack Swarbrick's comments, he's, oh, I think he's always hedged and said something to the effect of like, that's not necessary at this juncture or that's not necessary. You know right. what I mean? Like he's, no, no, no. He's, I'm he's saying there's fans out there, Jude. Like no, I understand. Just I understand but those fans, fans need, those fans need to listen to the decision maker. Right. That's I'm a great they listen to the OFD podcast. They need to listen to the OFD podcast. Give us a five-star review and then listen to the decision makers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, it's really that simple. Uh, so that, so that's going on. I mean, so uh, it's, it's, it's nuts. It's, it's speaking of the NCAA and national championships, Brendan. I know one of your pet one of your pet loves is uh, is dunking on the athletic. <laughs> so what's going on with Greg Sankey? Oh well, Greg Sankey uh, came out today and basically said, uh, "Guess what, boys? Uh, expanding beyond four teams is not happening." <laughs> Which, if you remember the athletic last off season, this, is, this was solely construction of of the of the college football media, right? Exclusively, 
there was never any sort of the, all of the uh, talk. Well, there was the there was the secret meetings. No, this isn't just the Jack. The, the Jack was invited. This isn't just the media making it up. There was discussions and meetings. Jack Swarbrick was involved. Greg Sankey was involved, and about the possibility of an expanded playoff. Okay. And they never they never finalized anything, but the media fucking went. Oh, it's gotta happen. Yeah, because it, they had they had to fill column inches over the summer. I remember this. Every scenario, another man. Right. But right. but the problem was is they had this exploratory meeting that was in the exploratory phase. Nothing was ever hammered out. Right. And they went out there and instead of previewing the upcoming season, because it was like a month out, this is what made me upset. Before the it was a month before the season, and rather than spending any time talking about what's coming up in the season that's about to happen, they just went all in on 18 playoff models, previous years, what an 18 playoff would look like. And everything leading into the season was about this playoff that didn't uh, exist. Expanded playoff that didn't exist, wasn't formalized. Nothing was on the books for it. And then, you know, 10 months later, Greg Sankey's out here and he says, uh, here's this quote. He goes, I don't think people heard me. We can stay at four. This conference will thrive at four. And if the commissioner (laughs) of the richest and most powerful and best conference in college football says we are staying at four, I don't care what the huckster out in, uh, you know, San San Francisco, Francisco, you know, this, this guy, this UFC fight promoter from Las Vegas wants to come in and try and prop up his shitty ass conference. Um, you know, there's better ways that that guy can spend his time. Now he can, he can grab a pooper scooper and go hit up the streets of San Francisco. Cause so, the big he thing is that any- big, he's, he's clearly used to shoveling bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the big things it. are happened is, is after the, after those meetings is, is what, what actually happened after those meetings is why those meetings were kind of like pointless now. And that's the jump of Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. I mean, number one, it's just, and now we look, and then the whole NIL uh, situation. Those are conference realignment and basically an entire lifestyle choice (laughs) for the last hundred years are out the window. It's, you're not looking like other changes, like aren't really possible until you get things kind of straightened out. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, and, just like you're not going to keep you, throwing more and more chaos into uh, into the mix. And if you're the SEC, you look at it and you go, um, your conference is only getting better. How many teams did you put in the playoff this year? Two. Uh, how how many of your teams played in the national championship game? That would be two. So so why do you want to sign up for a system that lets you know? the big East part two, which is the big 12, get a free <laughs> invite to this dance and then have your teams play more games. I, I, I don't get it right. If why would an 18 playoff be, um, so what you can get a, another sec team in there. You're already getting two most, most years now. I mean, if listen, if fans were actually being honest with themselves and I really wish they fucking would because 
lying to yourself is just like um, it should be. It's a it's a mortal sin. I don't care if the Pope says it is or not. Lying to yourself is a mortal sin. If you lie to yourself and die, you're going to hell. There are on any given year, teams five through eight are not going to win the national championship. I don't fucking care what year you pick. Pick a year. Teams five through eight don't stand a chance. You're lucky if four stands a chance. And and it's, if four stands a chance, it's because the loser of the SEC title game is sitting. <laughs> drop the, down to four. <laughs> drop down to four. It, it is unconscionable <laughs> to me to 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 think that you you're going to invite some two and three loss teams to the party <clears throat> and expect to get a better product, especially like. How have these semifinal games looked? I mean, everybody loves to dunk on Notre Dame because of how the Clemson and how the Alabama game went for their two, you know, playoff games. But how did that go for Michigan? How did that go for for Cincinnati? (laughs) How does it go for Oklahoma in all of their various trips? I mean, Oklahoma gets boat raced every time they show up except the, the one the one Georgia game. Which no defense showed up in that game. I mean, how about Michigan State? How about the time Ohio State got blanked? Just Clemson got blanked one year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it it hasn't been a good product as it is. Like, it's the championship game's great. The championship games have been really good for the most part. Yeah, spectacular. But yeah. the semifinals are just terrible. And to think that that's going to be any better – adding four more teams to the mix. Yeah, sure. You might get like a better game, but it's going to, you know, here and there, but it's going to be a couple teams that are to get fucking boat raced in the next game. Hands down guaranteed. It's just, it's not, I mean, what are we doing? Why lie to yourself? They're putting the four, I mean, look, we are not that far removed from the BCS and we are still not that far removed from the bowl Alliance. I mean, as, People our age, you know, remember before the pre-BCS era, what we have is pretty fucking good. We would have killed for this system in 1995. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's not bad. And it hasn't been around really that – it hasn't been around all that long. We're not even in a decade yet. So just, I don't know, deal with it. Like, listen, if you're not good enough to win a national championship, who gives a fuck if you're number five or number seven in an expanded playoff? I mean, honestly, and you could say recruiting, but I'll tell you what, uh, that takes care of itself in a bunch of different ways now. So who cares? Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with that at all. But I'm glad Greg Sankey came out and said that. And I'm (laughs) and it is kind of like. Sweet justice, because I I forgot, Brendan, until you mentioned it. I forgot the disdain that the three of us had for the national the national beat and their just refusal on their podcasts and in their articles to talk about the season. And it was all about the Andy Staples podcast, which I enjoy greatly, was unlistenable to. Can you imagine the athletic college football Slack channel today, just <laughs> <laughs> the sadness. You think, <laughs> think a couple people got to get talked out of the ledge? Nicole Arbuck is just like beside herself. Like, what do I report about now? 
Just what does this mean for Coastal Carolina? Slowly, <laughs> slowly crying as she gently caresses a, a photo of the box score of the Coastal Carolina BYU. <laughs> Oh god damn I'm a, <laughs> I don't know if I can move forward to the podcast. <laughs> I'm dying over here. Uh, yeah, it was bad. It's fine. It's fine. And listen. I the regular season of college football we're because of what's going to happen with this split that's probably going to happen and what what are we thinking? June maybe maybe Four to five years. Yeah, we'll probably we'll probably see. Yeah. Let's yeah, I mean, just like enjoy the regular is, season. Twenty twenty five is when all the contracts come up, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just just enjoy the regular seasons for what they are now. Like really, like understand this. Like our favorite mid majors in the MAC, in the Mountain West, and all that. Like the Sun Belt, Fun Belt. Like I really feel for those programs because like. I'm not looking for the NCAA to change a goddamn thing from what it is right now. I think it's gorgeous and beautiful the way it is. I do. <laughs> uh, the, the, the rules with the NIL stuff, eh, eh, whatever the, just the way the season is laid out. I don't mind teams playing cupcakes because sometimes a cupcake uh, is poison and that's beautiful. And that's the most beautiful thing of, of a season is watching, watching a poison cupcake. There's just so much goodness. It's, it's going to change. So fucking enjoy. And it's changing because everyone is so goddamn obsessed with the last game of the season. You're so fucking obsessed with December that you forget about October. And it's, I <laughs> go back to the NFL. You fuck nuts. Yeah. I mean, we'll leave, leave Joshua ball alone. We've, we've talked on it and I, I, there's other people too, who've, who've brought this up, but and there are there is an argument to be made that the worst thing that has happened to college football in the last I don't know since conference realignment in the 90s the worst thing to happen to college football was the college football playoff because it changed the entire discourse of the discussion before during and after the season because everything's when about you're in August football. and talking about the four who are in I hate it uh like I used to hate the 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 Heisman talk. And I say this all the time. Like you don't get Heisman talk now in June or like in July, like no, no more September to. Heisman. Now, now it's all about the, the who's going to be in, in, in July. And it's just, it's just, there's just so much more to this sport, so much more. And they just refuse. They, the, it's low, it's low hanging fruit. It's no, it's, it's a lack of creativity. It's a lack of passion. And it's just like, uh, it's just dumb. It's fucking dumb to be doing that. ESPN has has made a uh, has made it their their mantra basically to just that's what they're doing. And then even even the fucking athletic right, who's supposed to be like, look at this beautiful all white space and black letters with no ads, but just still are putting <laughs> out bullshit articles about who's fucking in. And you'll throw a little human interest story in about a fucking punter from fucking Iraq that I don't care about that plays for freaking Texas state, whatever. Like, you know, you don't got to get that down. 
you don't get, and then, and then you'll turn around and make BYU Coastal Carolina the greatest game you ever witnessed in the season where fucking Notre Dame Notre beat Clemson. Clemson in over double Sons overtime. Sons of bitches. Jeez. Ugh. Be no cook <clears throat> rolling in his grave right now. And it ain't over a playoff. It's over the discourse. And the fact that Ron Paulus' son is playing football. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, shit. You know, if, well, Ron P3 will, RP3 will be there for long enough. I'll have plenty more, well, plenty more RP3 jokes uh, <laughs> over the next three or four years. Uh, we got any more to say about about this. I just feel like we could go another hour and a half trash in the yeah. athletic. The yes. NCAA, I think there's just so much more to be resolved. There's just so much more to be resolved. This is just the first domino. I mean, this could be a, this is going to be an all summer thing. So for now, that's good. It's all, but it's also disappointing, right? You just said all summer thing. So the national discourse is going to be about this still sure. rather than how is Georgia going to reload after losing 15 NFL draft? Oh, picks? oh let's be clear. Um, well, I mean, they'll talk about Georgia. What you just, what you just suggested, like legitimate team previews where you have to actually look at rosters and figure out who's you, who could be performing that takes actual work and effort and sweat equity. Yeah, and nobody wants to do that when they can write the, the hundredth fluff story about, you know, like exactly oh. what you were talking about. Texas State punters, you know, nobody, you nobody just, wants to write a novel. They want to write fanfics, right? They just, don't, they don't want to, yeah. They, it's like, you guys are in my head about what I want to do this summer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I have to wonder if the athletic is going the way of, uh, I think it was called, was it called the national? It was a newspaper. It was super awesome. Uh, in the early 1990s and they had all these like really talented writers that they brought on and they were going to pay them like, you know, really good wages and whatever. And then the whole thing collapsed within itself, like in four years. So, well, they're, well, the athletics on their third year, third straight year of uh, $55 million deficit. <laughs> third straight year. Not, not great. No, 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 no. The, uh, the the guy at the Cleveland newspaper that <laughs> that went ballistic about them taking all of his uh at the Cleveland at Cleveland Plains dealer uh, the editor there that was going off about the athletic taking all of his best writers talking about how they're they were gonna gonna die out in five years anyways not the paper but the athletic he's probably shouting right now he's drinking toasting it wow the national sports I mean, how- only made it from nineteen January nineteen ninety to June nineteen ninety one I I left quite a uh- impression quite an impression yeah yeah i hope they don't because i i for all of their foibles i I, still i I enjoy it quite a bit yeah the athletic i have my hey i'm a subscriber yeah right so i hope they do well i i honestly enjoy their coverage outside of college football not that i have like the like baseball coverage like for the tiggers it's it's just as good, if not better, than anything that the Detroit Free Press is putting out for the Tiggers. So, no. Anything beats French. But but I just um, 
I just don't know how long he can go with these losses. It's just not not in this economy. <laughs> <laughs> now when gas is almost five bucks a gallon, he can't. Is, T- is Tesla making a profit yet? <laughs> Are they? I yeah, I think so. Is it? Is it finally happening? Uh, right, well, I mean, they get one. so much government subsidies. Yeah, that it's, it's uh, really hard to say, right? Yeah. You know, like all the farmers in Nebraska? Oh! How about all the water subsidies that California gets? <laughs> is it, see, it's May. It's fucking May. Yeah, uh, Tesla is making money. Okay. Were they, weren't they the poster child for like years of never oh, yeah. t- turning a profit? Because they, they, they were just getting government handouts for it. But yeah, they right. made three $3.3 March. Is that good? Is I that think good? so. Is that good? It's a lot of money. It's enough money to buy Twitter. Some, I wish they'd bring some jobs back to Buffalo after announcing they were going to make a thousand jobs there or whatever it was and then shuttering their factory and after all the government free handouts stopped. So oh. Last quarter they made $18.8 billion. That's pretty good. That sounds good. That sounds, sounds good. good. Sounds good. I wonder Elon can afford to uh, take over Twitter. Yeah, he bought it, and for some reason, uh, the whole the whole application I was promised was going to uh, shut down, and didn't. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, all kidding aside, Twitter has been part of my life for better or worse since January of two thousand eight. Like, I just if Twitter ceased to exist as Twitter was right now, I would be that would be. I feel like it would be a hard couple of days for me, you know, but. Take some reconfiguring, but I think uh, I think we would be on the next. Yep. We'd be on the next. So you you wouldn't be hopping over to Facebook to be hanging out during the oh day. My God, oh God, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. There's there's much more that I want to do uh, in terms of shutting down or limiting or deactivating my Facebook. And honestly, if it wasn't for a couple of things I need to do on Facebook, I just yeah, it's just that's my yeah. excuse. If it was it really honestly, if it wasn't for the website. I wouldn't be on Facebook at all. Yeah, oh, I'm. I am not, and it is. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, that 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 is well known that Brendan is not on there. I envy you. I envy you. Like, I think everybody should just go over to TikTok and just melt your brains for a couple hours scrolling through 30 second videos. It's still not as good as Vine, but it's still good. Gosh, you can make Jess, you can you get, make you remember, TikTok good. Do you remember how good Jesse Dang was on uh, Vine? Did you ever watch it? And he tried Sarah to pops uh, Vine. Yes, the tacos. So good, yeah. yeah. Uh, Brendan, have you ever heard the story about how uh, Jesse uh, uh, dressed up as uh, what was his name? Dunkin' Donut, right? D U N C A N Donut, and he had this whole donut outfit, and he came to his um, triplets class and embarrassed the shit out of him. <laughs> it was just. It was a really funny story. Like it's it's like moments like that that are like that are that are Twitter for me. You know I hosted I mean? a I hosted a, a uh, Google Hangout uh, on National Signing Day one year. I can't remember what year it was, and Jesse wanted in and got him, and it was just, <laughs> just so he was funny. like he was like in the back of a cab. <laughs> I love it. And talking about tacos the whole time. It was the I fucking greatest. <laughs> yeah, back in the. Back in the HLS days, they tried to pull one off with Irish Elvis as the host, and the whole thing kept crashing because there was like, 
too many people trying to get on at once or something like that. And it was just, it was just it's, so funny. It's Ritter's fault. Yeah, just no, anytime I've been yeah. on a hangout with Ritter. It's always a disaster. And, I, and then they just started leading into the bit because it, it just would never work out. And so <laughs> every time something's ever gone wrong, he's always said, oh, it's the HLS hamster, you know, so he, he's not running fast enough. Yeah, good times. There's so many good memories from, from Twitter. I mean, like every August 6th, we celebrate uh, Poot Handbra Day, where it's, mm. it's like this awful picture of uh, Andy Poot wearing, uh, covering up his breasts. <laughs> like i just he hates it and i think that's why i just i put it in my phone and every every year i'm like happy happy poot hand broad day to those who celebrate and uh, he's like god damn it (laughs) shoot my favorite thing about twitter is still probably the first year i live tweeted the garage sale yeah the garage sale was so good it's still so good is it back on is it back on this year it is so back on this year. I, I got it. so much shit to sell. A two-year hiatus from the garage. Two years. Yeah. Yeah, so just driving the shit, so much of the shit, giving it away to uh, uh, St. Francis, Vincent DePaul, um, or St. Vincent uh, DePaul over at Fort Wayne. It, that's just, it's too much work. Uh, so just put it all out in the driveway and selling it. It's going to be a lot easier. I think that's going to be June. It's that first Friday in June. Um, we are going to get... We're, we're, I am doing it again. Last year, I announced that I was going to do it again and then end up having to cancel uh, because we just uh, – uh, I still didn't want a bunch of people over at my house. <laughs> now I don't care. I just got I to get rid of this shit, and I'm going to need money for mulch and a fence. Uh, <laughs> and a pool liner. Oh, my God, the fucking pool. Jesus. I can't believe – cannot believe that happened to me. I was telling – I was telling – Brennan and Jude, before we got the pod, that about my my life struggle over the last couple of weeks, that includes among things my dishwasher breaking, uh, me refusing to buy a new one because I just bought that a year and a half ago after buying one that was a year and a half old. Before I, fuck that, so I've been making everybody wash the dishes, uh, which is not going over great in this house. Uh, but <laughs> with my pool tarp, uh, you know broken went all into the pool so the pool is full of sludge and leaves um the season barely even started it broke it's like a notre dame left tackle (laughs) so it's 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 been a week so (sighs) but anyways the garage sale yeah i got plenty of stuff to to get rid of i cannot wait that is my that is was one of the most fun that first year especially i found that i found an old like um like a dorm fridge uh, in my barn that was just completely full. Uh, I think I think it was Milwaukee's best or, or Old Mill. I think it was Old Mill. I have no idea how old that was, when it have, when it got into this fridge, where this fridge came from or anything, but it was cold. <laughs> and I didn't even try to look to see how old it was. And I drank it all and just – had a lot of fun live tweeting about uh, how mad I got about Amish trying to give me a nickel for something I said was a dollar, amongst other things. They'd probably carve that nickel out of wood, too. Did you bite it? <laughs> no, I, no, I don't deal with them. I tell no, them no. 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 no you yeah. take it or leave it. I'm not, no, you're not. You think they're nice, but they're a menace. They're a menace. It's a dollar. It's a, it's a dollar right there. 
Got a dollar? Great. If not, get out of here. Don't mess around with that shit. I, although I did sell uh, <laughs> what I always called it was a uh, uh, it was a crystal, basically a, a Coke bowl and spoon uh, that my, <laughs> my grandpa gave me. <laughs> I can't remember what it was for, but I just I, I always laughed about it. I'm like, man, this is a fucking Coke bowl and spoon. I'm like, what the hell? And so I put that out for the garage sale, and lo and behold, it was an Amish lady that bought it. <laughs> it's still my favorite sale to this day. <laughs> yep, she's part. She's partying. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, how could it be anything else? I mean, maybe it was like a little salt thing. Maybe I don't know, but it looked like it looked exactly what I said it would look like. Anyways. Speaking of Coke bowls and spoons, let's talk about recruiting. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm all hopped up on rec- I'm all hopped up on recruiting right now. It is getting very very interesting because I think two months ago, if that, we still kind of looked with a really skeptical eye about Notre Dame's uh, recruiting class and their chances to finish, you know, in the top two or three with, with some skepticism. And right now, I think you look at it and you're like, huh, they might do this. Yeah. They really might fucking do this. Uh, I think there was an article on 24-7 today or a video or something like that. But <clears throat> basically, the gist was uh, keep Keon Keeley, get Dante Moore to commit, and Notre Dame's, you know, that doesn't seal the deal, but it gives you that chance then. So, I mean, Keeley's, I, I think the fear that we had of Keeley visiting is gone. Like we're pretty, he's pretty locked up. Uh, and yeah. now it's just the hand wringing over Dante Moore tweeting out pictures of ducks. I think the underrated part of the Keeley thing is how big, um, just the combo of Washington and Al Golden were to keeping him on board. Yes. Uh, did you see Washington's been huge? Yeah, Washington's been huge. Did you see the the Tom Loy had it out there? The comments from Chad uh, Bowden today? Uh, yeah, because I I think I retweeted. I think he tagged me and I retweeted it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess the quote's just uh, we have to get our number one. Like this is like all of the chip center of the table. Uh, we have to get our number one target. It's imperative to us. The 2023 class will bring a championship to Notre Dame. There's only one guy at the QB position for us. We're going to do whatever we can to make sure that he comes home to Notre Dame. That is from your director of, of it's laser focus recruiting. That is laser focus, putting it out there in the public, uh, public sphere. That is, that's stupendous. Look, they've been, They've been absolutely hitting the trail. They've been doing everything that we've been wanting them to do over the last few years. Like, like really, honestly, like having your head coach be as involved as Marcus Freeman. Like, like, like there's stories about Brian Kelly right now in LSU about recruits that have gone down there and have not visited and not spoke with BK. It's like he really didn't fucking learn, did he? No. Like at all. He thought he could just go down there and drive his Tesla around town. And yeah, it's not, it's not a good look for him, but like have all these things that, uh, that have been going on within Notre Dame's 
you know, especially this class, we'll just, we'll, just, we'll stick with the 2023 class. It's all been nice. It's been nice to see we're getting, I mean, the blue chip ratio is 100% right now. There are no three-star, low three-star guys, project guys on this commitment list right now. There are none. No. So like, like Devin, like depending upon the, the, um, recruiting recruiting services that you they use whether it be rival scout or all that i think devin houston was the lowest uh ranked recruit on one of the services and this guy is a 65 270 pound four star defensive defensive lineman he'll probably uh, he's huge uh probably you know end up playing inside but it's just like really we're we're 11 12 commitments deep now and this four-star defensive tackle is 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 the low ball is the low dog on someone's thing. I mean, even Preston Zinner, linebacker. I mean, what's going on in Massachusetts that we're, we could end up in this class with like four kids from Massachusetts? If we land the number one or number two ranked team in the country with four kids from Massachusetts in it, that's wild. That's yeah. fucking wild. Uh, but it's it it has been a a swing big. And reel them in kind of a class. And obviously Dante Moore is that, that centerpiece. It is. It. I was glad I was Brendan that when we talked about it in the last pod about, uh, about fans, you know, and their, their fickle nonsense about recruiting Dante Moore, you know, and the big boys, we got a lot of feedback over that. I mean, we've only talked about it for maybe just a couple of minutes but it seemed to really resonate with a lot of listeners out there about like, like, look, if you, you want Notre Dame to, to be one of those teams in the playoffs that wins the semifinal game, then these are the type of recruits that you have to go get. So whether you fucking don't get them or not, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put the effort in. Cause before I, it wasn't that you're not getting them anyways. Right now, like you have a chance. So get them. And my my line of thinking, I guess, even since then, was I, I was sort of sold on the fact that, and I think a lot of us are, that Notre Dame's not going to win a title without getting, like, a dynamic, game-changing, uh, that guy at the quarterback position. But the longer I've sort of been, like, chewing on it, like a piece of, like a like a cow just sort of just sitting there chewing on it, I don't know if that's exactly right. And I think what Marcus Freeman's putting together this class is the other way to do it. And and what I mean by that is defensive line. Because do you remember the 2018 Clemson team? It was a freshman Trevor Lawrence who was good. But what made that Clemson team so incredibly good was the fact that they're too deep on the defensive line. I think the entire defensive line went in the first round of the NFL draft, right? That next right. season. That's right. You're, you're, finding, what, you're finding the lowest common denominator on all these elite teams. The, low, and the lowest common denominator year, on all these elite teams isn't isn't a elite quarterback. It has been elite defensive line play. Yes. And it has been for 25 years. And that's what put Notre Dame kind of on on the cusp in 2012 was it was that defensive line that they had. Um, it didn't yeah. have the two deep factor, but the front end was really good. And even in 2018, 
Um, what was everybody talking about with that 2018 Notre Dame team? The strength of that team kind of was the defensive line, right? Just the fact that they right. were able Joanna to bring Barra, in waves of guys. Name. It just the waves of guys that they had wasn't the high end that Clemson was. And if you're a team that has a a good quarterback, if they don't have time to throw the football, as we saw with Ian Book, it's a moot point how good he is. So I, I think that the way that if you get um, Dante Moore, I mean, it is a cherry, but the bones of this class being defensive line, like it is, that is something sustainable. And that is something that two, three years from now, Notre Dame is going to be terrifying if these kids pan out. And they're not even done yet. I mean, no. they're Bubakar Treyord, Devin Houston, Keon Keeley, Brennan Vernon, that's a great class in its own right there. Uh, but Jason Moore is still out there. Yeah. A top what, top 50 prospect defensive end. And that's really what you start leaning into because Houston probably going to be an inside player. Keeley's a Viper and even Brennan Vernon. We talked about this, I think on a couple pods ago where, where I was like, you know, like Vernon's probably going to be more of an inside guy. Yeah, he's big. He's, he's fucking thick. huge. He's, he's thick. thick. Yeah. He's thick. Uh, but those five guys, you put those five guys together, that's one of the better, if not the best defensive line class of all time uh, in the country in, the, in this cycle. So, oh, th- yeah. But I mean, if they if they get I mean, they have the potential to put together one of the best defensive line halls of all time. Right. I mean, if they get Jason Moore, it's going to be up there. I. Look, Vernon has dropped like a rock for no reason in the off season. Well, there's a reason. <laughs> well, yeah. where did he commit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, once there's a senior season going on, and you know more tape, I think Vernon shoots. I mean, we're not talking about back up to his five star status that he was when he first committed, but he's going to shoot up quite a bit more. I, I, I believe. Uh, but it still doesn't even matter. I mean, the, the, what we're getting is still what we're getting. You know, what we thought we were getting is still what we're, what we're getting. So it's been like 12 commits right now. It's been a great haul so far. Yes. We make, we probably make too much of the Dante Moore thing, even though, Hey, fuck it. Why not? Um, but there's, <laughs> there's all sorts of stuff other than Dante Moore wide receiver. There's one commitment right now, Braylon James in a class that we need four hands down fork, uh, wide receivers. But there's a lot of guys that, that we can look at on our offer list that we're feeling starting to feel pretty good about, um, as we move in, move into the, uh, the summer visit season. Uh, one of those being Jaden Greathouse, uh, who put out his top four Notre names, you know, involved in that, um, a fellow Texan, uh, friends with Braylon James down there in the, the Lone Star State. So, you know, offensive line starting to we'll we'll start seeing more commitments there over the next couple months. Um, it's it's a really good looking class. I mean, it it really is. There's there's you know, Aiden, Aiden Schuler, one of the first guys to commit in this class. I think he committed. He was the third commitment which was back in August of 21, uh, Aiden Schuler, and just got his offer today from Georgia. Hey, that's a, that, that's a sign, you know, to, 
offer lists you should pay as much attention to as any star rating from any scouting service. It's the offer list that I, I probably, I, not probably, I always give more weight to uh, than what Rivals says as a, as a guy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's who offered him. And when these elite teams are offering your guys or trying to steal your guys away, that's a, that's a great sign that you're doing the right thing. So. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Jude, I just brought Josh, up. Josh, I don't, I, I, I don't really have much to, to add here, but I just, I wanted to ask if any uh, apple juice companies had reached out to you recently regarding recruiting <laughs> efforts. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So, and uh, I, what the hell was I even writing about Dante Moore? I was what a story about Dante Moore that I had out. Um, it was after his Oregon visit. And it was called Five Star Dante Moore is having a moment. Yeah, he is having a moment. Oh, that was because of the Instagram uh, drop, which wasn't really wasn't his post. It was Hayes Foss's post. We talked about that. Right. Uh, but, you know, included the pictures from Oregon in there. Um, and one of them was what I said. Yes, yeah, is the Martinelli apple juice. The way he's holding it, that is product placement. We talked about that in the last pod. So <clears throat> Martinelli's reached out to me. Or at least their PR people did. I, it wasn't a lawyer. It was a PR person telling me that I was wrong. They did not pay Dante Moore any money to do that. And that Martinelli's is just a great, it's been great for, for people in athletics. And if I wanted to. By the way, you can't, you can't be wrong about openly speculating about something. You said, did Martinelli's pay for that? I'm just wondering, right? You didn't say Martinelli's. Yes, I, I said, I do. I said, this is a quote. I do wonder though. Did Martinelli's drop a few bucks on these recruiting picks? Yeah. In this day and age, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm just curious. Right. So I didn't. I didn't say that they did. They so did no, an email no, to me. They said I was wrong. Right. They asked for a correction. Right. Yeah. Which there's nothing to correct. I was nothing just, to correct. Yep. So I didn't correct it. But we will uh, make it clear on, an, this, on this podcast that Martinelli's did not pay for that sponsorship. They did not. He but was there just, are plenty of athletes close. that love Martinelli's, and if you want to talk more about them, we could write that article. Yeah, if you want to be, if you want to like think of yourself as the athletic, uh, go ahead and uh, we'll give you, a, we'll give you a 15 minutes to talk to us for our free advertising. Like, nope, that ain't happening either. Uh, I've never had Martinelli's apple juice, so I can't really speak to it. I mean, it's Italian, so maybe I, sh- I should know it. I feel like That'd be I. Great. Could be great. I mean, it's Italian. It's it's got to be great. as great as you know one. I mean, where would apple juice rank on your on your juice rankings? I mean, it's not very high. I don't think. 
Oh, 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 no, 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 no. It's, it, it's high. Oh, really? Like, like, like there is, it is orange juice and then apple juice. And it is a close. Are you fucking kidding me? Where's Fuck cranberry? no, I kidding you. Where's cranberry? Dude, I put more, I use apple juice in mixers more than cranberry, like by far. For real? Dude, just, just regular apple juice and rum. Brendan, I'm just, sorry. We're going to need a third here. I, I really need you to come in on this one. Yeah. I, maybe if we're talking about cran apple juice, white peach, cranberry, uh, there's like 15 juices I would rather have than the child's apple juice. Yeah, right? the apple, apple juice is, is overrated. I don't know. No, that, not when it's mixed with rum. And <laughs> I mean, I would rather use cider, but if I have to, if I have to grab some fucking dull apple juice out of the uh, convenience store <laughs> fridge to do the trick, then so be it. Wow. So what you're saying is that you can substitute ginger ale with uh, apple juice for your mixed drinks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't really drink ginger ale anyways. I don't live in Michigan full time. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there's the, the burner sl- slander will continue on this podcast. There's, I don't know. I, I don't like ju- juices that are thin like that. They just, it just seems like a sugar bomb and it makes like my molars hurt. I like sort of the thicker juices, like your apple juices and, um, some of those big blends that they have, uh, V8 does the V8 splash juices. Those are really good. Those are really good. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm just a big fan of, of juice in general, but I mean, I'll, I crush, I've crushed apple juice for years and mostly with alcohol. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, there's we literally so like we do the 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 thing everybody does every year right and let's go pick apples and but we we have a little more fun with it than other people we'll, we'll tailgate <laughs> and we're but you're not drinking up. apple juice you're you're, you're drinking cider the, right yeah, you're drinking cider right. which is juice. which is thicker which is thicker a, and better says, thicker mix so i don't know i just it's it's all fine for me you know what this kind of checks I out some, though listen i did some research on this martinelli's though just a little bit and I guess the the thing that makes it the cool thing, bottle, is like how to open it. Yeah, I didn't really dive too much into the into the little blurb there, but something about the top. I don't know. And like I said, I've never had it before, so I think apple juice is the PBR of juices, and I think that that's why. What's it wrong with that? Out. What's wrong with PBR? Nothing. I'm just saying it's like the light beer of the light, you know, pilsner. Of, PBR is uh, not light beer. What do you what do you think the uh, the PR job for a for an apple juice company runs like? Do you think like I, I would love to talk to that person at a dinner party? Like, I mean, it's a PR company that probably it has many different clients. Oh, okay, all right, fair enough. Like I, 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 I was just hoping it just was just being just the PR arm of our nice. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that'd be fun. I'm the apple juice John Don Draper. But they they probably got that. They probably got Martinelli's. They probably got Longhorn Chew. They probably got Biofreeze Gel. Uh, you know, they're probably whatever. Fucking HP printers. Who knows? Yeah. 
just I'm looking at shit on my desk and just name it off. <laughs> Swing line staplers, you know. <laughs> Brick, Brick, are you just saying things in this room? <laughs> you know, you know who they're not at a PR firm for. Uh, who would that be? Home fatal peril. All the, right. The college version of sex on your body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the softest vintage collegiate wear out there. Did, did someone say refresh? Cool designs. What's that? Did someone say refresh? You got a big the week coming up, right? We have a big new Saturday coming up in about a week and a half. Yeah, but I was um, talking about the uh, the drops for the the schools that they've already put out, right? Yeah. Did one? Did today. you see West Virginia's train one? Yeah. That was dope. That was, that sweet. was dope. Was dope. Notre Dame's not getting a refresh, uh, and much to my sadness, uh, Eastern Michigan is not getting their brick dick refresh, which is just that seems like a real oversight. <laughs> Massive oversight, and my objections have been noted. <laughs> I did love uh, the uh, what was the Fairfield? I did love the Fairfield. Oh God, stuff. that Fairfield, the do the stags. Oh shit, that was that was really really nice. And they got so they were out of like a lot of the oatmeal hoodies and all that. Those are all back. Uh, but that through that there was a an oatmeal Fairfield hoodie that is just gorgeous. And a lot of the stuff now. Like just last year at this time, there was not a lot, if any, 3X um, versions available for T-shirts and hoodies. Now they're starting to roll in those 3Xs. Uh, I want to thank Mike Golick Jr. for for making it known that uh, that thick people like clothes too. Uh, with a <laughs> shirt. So you're starting to see those 3Xs come in. Um, but yeah, there's some refreshes. Uh, what? Today was I love the uh, Purdue. the Baylor Sailor hat joggers. I thought that was cool too. You know, I, I mean, I already, like, I already own a pair of joggers, so I'm not going to buy another pair of joggers. But those are pretty cool joggers. I can't remember where somebody was like really hating hard on the Sailor hat on the Baylor Sailor. Oh, no, 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 no. I had the um, oh, I was on the triple option post. Someone had, was hating on NC State's. Uh, you know, because they brought all the retro stuff back to like their right. what they use, and you know the wolves got their sailor hat. And one of our readers was just hating hard, like I don't even know what that is. I'm like, I didn't comment and say, oh, I'll tell you what it is, like the coolest shit ever. When every mascot had a sailor's hat for no reason. That, that here's wolf. A, here's a brand like, that has them all. That wolf looks like the uh, wolf in uh, like Little Red Riding Hood. Wolf. Yeah, it does. That's yeah. why it's so dope. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, there's refreshes have been going on. And again, uh, big new Saturday coming out May 21st. 14 schools that are not on there right now. You can figure those out if you want. I I, I have not sat down and figured them out, but I'm going to um, because <laughs> I have got I have got to debate if, the, if I really want to have that argument with my wife or not to add 14 more T-shirts to the 800 <laughs> I already have. Uh, but I just might. And look, it's a great deal. You know, twenty bucks a shirt, five bucks shipping. They'll they'll show you the shirt and your subscription will be um, shown to you on Friday. You'll get it in your house by like a Monday or a Tuesday. It's fantastic. Um, and not to mention, you know, when that 
whatever the rest of that collection is. It's usually about 14 um, pieces, shirts and hoodies um, and all that in the mix. But that special shirt on Fridays, uh, you can do that subscription. You get a couple free skips. Uh, um, uh, you can cancel after like five or six. Uh, it's 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 a great it's a great deal. And just to know that you're going to have something cool in your mailbox every week, as long as it's not Miami or Michigan or USC, which it can't be this time around. <laughs> you're like you're starting to get pretty free uh, with, with what they have. So I don't know. I don't even know what school they're missing. I mean, are they missing? <laughs> you know what? I don't think they have Penn State. So we might be that might be a skip. That might be that's a going to be on there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's an easy skip. Uh, <laughs> here, here, Homefield. Let me sell you. Let me sell you your stuff and tell people, hey, you're gonna skip this one. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, you know, some of these. Uh, the I noticed the price of the the hoodies went up. Uh, I, yeah. I could really use a discount code. Um, you want to you fire me out a discount code? If you have not ordered from Homefield before. And you've been you've been scoping it. You've been listening to us talking up like a bunch of yuckers. Use the code one foot on your first order and save fifteen percent. It's a heck of a deal. Just stock up. I, I'm telling you right now. Just go ahead and just grab as much as you can, as much as you can afford, and then you'll save fifteen percent from that. So you'll feel better, and you're going to be happy. So yeah, use the code one foot at checkout. It's awesome. It's great stuff. We love it. Feels good. I am personally right now. I am rocking my uh, national champs, Illinois, 1951 shirt right now. It's a, it's a great orange with some red roses on it that actually look like my nipples. Yeah. Uh, so so oh, that's wow. always fun. I am. Uh, I'm wearing the uh, the large version of the Dayton Flyers uh, red hoodie. So oh, nice. Probably about the third consecutive night I've been uh, wearing this, even though it's getting to about. 60 degrees here so by the way that's my home field yet i i just took a peek Stan, you, stanford's gonna be on the uh on the list this year oh i want a stanford shirt with the tree with the tree i just don't i don't mind like i don't mind being in menards walking around <laughs> and having like a stanford shirt on and someone going you know what that guy graduated from stanford like goddamn right i did <laughs> What if it's a picture of David Shaw and he's just got this big old pouty lip and he's crying? And he says, I heard a whistle. I heard a whistle. Then why wouldn't I want that shirt? You know what you thought <laughs> I could have with that shirt? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. That's, you know, bring it on. The whistles <laughs> go, woo, woo. But it's I thought, Oregon still on there? You know, do you know one of my one of my one of my joys in life is finding somebody who hasn't seen the Bob Rub video and introducing them to it. Bob Rub and Lil Sis. Like I showed my nine year old the other night and he was giggling and I was just like, <laughs> exactly right. Is that one or is uh, the Alabama Arkansas better? It's a tough. It's tough for the viral news. The viral news. Uh, I love the one from the Cleveland station where the guy has to go out and report on the story about the bear sighting, but the bear's long gone. So then he he uh, he takes the cardboard cutout of the bear and he like <laughs> walks it along. He's like, if the bear were here, this is what it would look like. <laughs> so good. Yeah, those are some those are some really great stuff. The leprechaun, right? 
we have a we have one out here where there's the kid that goes, I like turtles. Yes. <laughs> dressed up as a Yeah. As a, there's a there's a kid floating around in Hicksville who is basically that kid and has been that kid for ten years. Somehow. He likes turtles? <laughs> he does like turtles. I like turtles. Um, turtles all the way down. I do want to get to something that uh, was on um, on the uh, Irish Illustrated podcast, and Tim Priester talking about the not not really the possibility, but the likelihood of Jarrett Patterson moving from center to guard and keeping Zeke Carell uh, at center, or and you know moving forward. Um, just thoughts about uh about that as a you know a as as a as a real possibility and b what do you fucking think about it oh so we're doing this again huh <laughs> is, we're doing this again is this That's what I'm saying. If, if jeff quinn had suggested this he would have been brought out into the square <laughs> greg's greg's screaming it right now you know he is i mean this is what they did last year right this is the same thing Jared Patterson was supposed to be uh, supposed to slide uh, slide to guard last year. wasn't Wasn't that it, wasn't that the plan? It was ta- it was talked about. I don't think it was as it wasn't as formal as Tim Priester saying it on a podcast. I mean, in a weird way, yeah. I, I mean, again, like you said, um, it's better for his pro prospects, right? But. I don't know. Centers get drafted in the first round now. So I'm not sure that that dated uh, idea that your pro prospects are better as a guard than they are as a center. I mean, centers seem to be a a position that NFL teams are valuing. What I meant by what I meant by his draft prospects wasn't one or the other. It was that maybe Jarrett Patterson wouldn't be able to be like, now he, now he has an expanded skill set. Like if he becomes a guard this season, now teams have a guy that can play center and guard and they have they have a lot of tape on that. That guy is more valuable than just a center alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's I, that's all I would say like it improves his draft stock in the sense that he becomes more valuable because they he uh, he is versatile. Uh, yeah, more versatile. But for sure like, yeah, you know, you could draft this guy as a center, but he's also a great guard. And I mean, that just, I'm not saying like it moves you from being like the 35th pick to the 17th or anything like that, but it does help you. Having a broader skill set is definitely something that, that adds to it. That, that might be enough to push a team to, you know, to snag them up over another guy. Is it been, I'm, I don't know with absolute certainty. I'd have to look, but I feel pretty confident in saying that the best center in college football has been a first round draft pick for at least the last three years. Remember the, there was a guy from uh, Nebraska got picked, right? A couple of years ago or maybe Arkansas. I mean, Michigan did. Yeah. Guy from Michigan did Frank Uh, Ragnow. Frank Ragnow. Yeah, the uh, but they Detroit still, Lions picked him, right? The first round. Yeah, Ruiz, Ragnar Ruiz, but that Linderbaum. I mean, it's a position that gets drafted in the first what round. What about what's his nuts from Alabama? Was he a first round draft pick? Um, who uh, was his so, name? Was he Ryan Kelly? 
No, 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 no. Um, That's going back. Oh, God, I can't think of his name now. At any rate. No, it's a, the best center in college football generally, not generally, but can get picked in the first round. So 2021 didn't have one in the first round, but the fifth pick of the second round was Landon Land, Dickerson. Yeah, Landon Dickerson. There you go, Dickerson. Yeah. Who was who had a first round grade? So you got you got Linderbaum, Going you got in. Ruiz, you got Garrett uh, Bradbury, yeah. yeah, you got Ragnall, and then seventeen didn't have one, but the the let's see. But I guess, but I guess here's my thing. <clears throat> Jared, Jared Patterson Bradbury can still be selected as a center. And it, it will have no effect him playing guard this year. Because they have all this other tape of him being one of the best centers of college football as a center. And this year we just moved McGarg because we needed him to. Right. If the team in the NFL needs the best center, and it's it still could be Jarrett Patterson having not played center all season long. I mean, honest. I mean, without a doubt. That's what I'm saying. And you know, maybe that's. I don't know. I don't think it's as big a deal. So I was just saying it improves his draft stock because it makes him a more versatile player. I don't think it's going to hurt him any. No, no, not if he, not if he. Yeah, but it to, does I was make. I trying to like quickly look to see if anybody who was drafted as a guard actually ended up playing center, but it's. I just don't know enough of these guys off the top of my head. But you're you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously having a diversity in skill set would be great. I'm pretty sure. As the far guy, as that. pretty sure, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Garrett Bradbury for the Vikings. Didn't he play a season as guard and then came in as a uh, center? I can't remember. That I cannot speak to. But I do want to speak about the possibilities for Notre Dame's line this season, rather than just the just <laughs> just a draft conversation. Because I'm I'm fucking done with the draft. <laughs> like, like you can like SB Nation. And sites are out looking for NFL sites are out looking for Notre Dame people. And since one foot down is not necessarily a Notre Dame name, they don't even know I'm around. Great. I don't want to talk to you anyways. <laughs> but I do want to talk about Notre Dame's offensive line in 2022, like what it could be. So essentially what we're saying or what is being said is that Z Carell starting center, Josh Lug, right guard, uh, Jarrett Patterson, left guard, uh, Joe Alt, left tackle, Blake Fisher, right tackle. That would be your offensive line. Is that better than, you know, is that a better version than the line that would have Patterson at center and, and uh, Andrew Christophica at guard? Maybe I mean, because Patterson is a center and I like players playing their best position. Right? Is that something that we like? Do we like guys playing their best position? Yeah, I, that's generally what I think we lean towards. Look, but I mean, everyone, I guess this, everyone said Harry was a wizard, right? And so <laughs> let let him be a wizard, right? <laughs> and a thumping good one too. I, I just like I, I I don't we're not there. If if they've decided that this is the best lineup, then I really got to see somebody struggle before I disagree what the what this also does is something that's not quite as seen and and i'm i'm sure it was, it's mentioned on the recruiting message boards but this also puts like 
Rocco Spindler back down the depth chart. Yeah. Again, because if you're if you're moving over, if you're moving over Patterson rather than it like being because Carell's not playing guard. I mean, they tried that. That's just that that ain't a thing. But instead of being Spindler being like basically the first guard in, that may not be the case now. It might be Kristoffic being first guard in for Lug or for or for Patterson. It's you kind of wonder now. I mean, not this. This is not me saying it's do it's now or never for Rocco Spindler going into his sophomore year. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that could be something that affects Rocco. You know, wanting to be a part of that. You know what I mean? Like after the season, you know, it, I guess if he sticks it out throughout the season, right? Like you go into your junior year, Patterson's gone, Lug's gone, that. It, you got three years to be a starter. If you want to stick around for a fifth year, that still should be like a generally, that's generally how it works with the offensive line. Right. Generally. So it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be something that you think about. Like we shouldn't be, I shouldn't be bringing this up, but yet fans will bring it up because of how highly rated rocket Spindler was. And the fact that, you know, last spring they had him at first team reps, whether it was real first team reps or not, doesn't matter. It was reported that he was with the first team, so people will put him up in a in that in that class. So I'm just saying this affects Rocco Spindler this move. And I guess one of the other things too is certainly right now, um, Lug is penciled in there as a as a starter. But where is your confidence level that come September? And a quick bus ride over to Columbus. How confident are you that Josh Lug is is starting on the offensive line? Very confident. Now yeah. ask me about ask me about October. Yeah. Because it's not it really isn't Lug's ability that has me question that. It's his durability. And he's just he's just a guy who's been he gets dinged up. He's had he's had some some injuries and some knocks and this and that and that shit wears on you. And I could see in October coming around where he's you know f- he's flying a half mast and may- maybe you know how how good how good is he out there at half mast compared to Christophic or you know or a Spindler? How you know, good is he? I guess is a question that I have too. Um, cause I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm curious as to, to how good is he, um, in terms of just like, uh, is he going to, is he the best option or is he the most veteran option? Well, he's the Harry Heaston option, right? Like, let's not, Josh Lug has seen a lot of, he's, seen and played a lot of college football, right? Yeah. He's, he's the old man on the line and there's a lot of value to that. I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of value to, to, you know, institutional knowledge out there on the offensive line. And he feels like a, kind of like a hairy guy. It's, it's, it's going to be a different dynamic with he stand back rather than Quinn. But I mean, I guess I'm not as worried about lug as some are, but I still don't think he's going to have like 
you know, like an all-American type season or anything like that. Um, now, if he goes out and proves me wrong, then we're all dancing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just – my biggest concern with him is is his durability. I'm not so concerned about what he does. And, look, he's better suited inside than out anyways. I don't care what anyone else says. He's <laughs> – there were some moments last year uh, on the edge that were just not good-looking. Uh, it's, you know, Cincinnati game would like to say hello. Yeah. Move, move him inside, move, you know, moving him inside. I think that helps take care of a lot of issues, uh, that, that he has and that there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes guys are, you have guards and you have tackles and you need them all. And to force a guard to be a tackle is like a crime against humanity. Um, it, 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 it's not good. It should be prosecuted at the Hague. It's, you know, Josh Lug is more of a guard than a tackle. I don't someone can say I'm wrong and I'm going to just people get caught the on the you. height. Is it because people get caught on the height? Cause he's almost seven, six, seven. <clears throat> I mean, I guess I mean, I mean, fuck how tall was Chris Stewart? How tall was Aaron banks? Yeah, it's true. You know, I, there's it's fine. Your height's fine. Height's fine. So I think, I think Josh Lug will, will find a, I'll go ahead. I'll I'll jump on that bandwagon. I'll let Greg hit me in the DMs uh, <laughs> about it. But I think Lug will be fine. I think a move inside the guard is going to be kind of like what the doctor ordered for him. Um, you know, and I have I, I got more confidence in him, I think, than than a lot of other people. So but he's going to have to prove it well to see it. I mean, well, and everyone says Ohio State, but I'm not really sure Ohio State's defensive line is really, you know. I like that it was very generous of you to stop short at defensive line um, and didn't say <laughs> they're defensive backs as well. Uh, Which is strange for that school. That I, school should it have. It seems like every year they were putting out a first to, a, a top a 10 cornerback. Yeah. 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 That's it's. And that's not to say that they haven't, they won't be able to turn it around with some guys this year. I will, we'll see. But um, the prognosis is that it, won't be much better than it was. So, which bodes well for Notre Dame. Yeah, it's great. The team that got boat raced by uh, Michigan uh, <laughs> is, uh, you know, once again given their given some preseason accolades. Well, I like it. So speaking of boat racing, I feel like we got boat raced on the transfer portal. Oof. And I think there's people, I mean, because the portal has this whole thing where not all of the names are announced or known or all that, that people are like really holding out some hope for, but if you're holding out hope for guys that you don't know about in the portal, they probably aren't all that great to begin with. And I, I, dude, what, dude, what are your thoughts? You listen, you're my, you're my transfer portal guy. Only because you know the rules better than I do. Better than, better most than in America, yeah. Better than Pete Sampson. I mean, what's your what's your thoughts? Are we looking at having anything out of the portal at wide receiver? I mean, do you still think that's going to happen? So, I, I guess I want to make one thing clear, which is, um, if they were in the portal by May first. Then you can take them at it. You can take them at any time. They had to be in the portal by that date, but you'd have to take right. them by that date. So there's still opportunity to, to to do some homework on these guys. 
Having said that, um, I'm not sure that anything looks that promising. So I am very concerned because I, I like the guys that we have, but I just don't think it leaves any room for, for error. And, and by error, I mean injury. And so I'm disheartened. I think that I don't know that they need to grab a body just to grab a body, but at the same time, you know, Connor Radigan, motherfuckers. Yeah. I mean, we said, what was it? Last podcast, two podcasts ago, I said, like, look, we have, we have a full on too deep at wide receiver. Plus, we have tight ends that we can use in the flex. Plus, we can pull out the full <laughs> fucking T formation if we need to. But you're absolutely right. Like the the room for error injury wise is like it's it's thin. It's very thin. And you so we still got fall camp, which that, that's you know flip of a coin. Who's gonna come out of fall camp hurt? And then you know just the season itself. We saw what happened in the Fiesta Bowl when you had just guys running routes uh, uh, in limited numbers. They're dead. You need guys. To, you know, you need a rotation. So do they have enough to do that? I think they they could if they stay most, mostly healthy. But, do you know, just say one more time, Notre Dame's transfer rules. Because regard, people are going to listen to this podcast. They're going to go run straight to the transfer portal on 24-7 or on 3 or whatever. And they're going to be like, what about this guy? What about this guy? What about this guy? Right. He's still in there. Right, right, right. So, All right. So obviously Brandon Joseph rewrote a little bit of this. Um, you know, the basketball team kind of started this and Brandon Joseph rewrote a little bit for the football team. But generally speaking, you can take people who've just completed their freshman year, no problem. You can take graduate transfers, no problem. Well, graduate transfers are e- even easier than freshmen, right? But right. Uh, um, if you're looking at people that are juniors to be, like finish their so- finish their two years, then the issue there is that they're going to have to get more than 50% of their credits from Notre Dame. So if they've already gotten 50% of their credits t- towards a degree from another university, that that will be problematic. Obviously, it goes without saying that they need to have the grades and you know the right the right fit or whatever. Um, Seniors, seniors are out. I, I don't, I just don't see a way in which you can be three years at another school, have not graduated, uh, need about one more year, and just be a be like a one year rental. That might work at LSU. That's not going to work in their name. Um, obviously, well, I, I keep saying obviously, but I guess there's nothing really obvious about this. So, Notre Dame <laughs> can change the rules. The Notre Dame certainly can change the rules on us, but the way that I understand understand it is that you're not going to be looking at anybody who's finished, you know, three, three, three academic years at their university and is, you know, need one more year to graduate. It's just not, that's not going to work. And then juniors are really limited. They're, they're limited to college of arts and letters. And even then, you know, there's limited spots available. So I, I just, I think you, I don't think you look at anything very seriously at any sophomore or any junior, current sophomore, current junior. Um, and so you really, I would be looking at grad transfers and I would be looking at um, freshmen. You know, f- freshmen that, and probably freshmen that were recruited by Notre Dame. So, because then so, you know that they have, they have a foundation, they've had a relationship with those, with those 
people and they thought that they were academically eligible at least a year ago. So let me let me ask you this, Jude. Sure. And maybe this was the case for for Brandon Joseph. I don't know. But for, let me lay it out. Like typically transferring from a state school, just to say you're a regular ass student transferring from a state school to a private school and vice versa, you're going to you have transfer issues in themselves because of because of the public to private nonsense that goes on. Like they, they just don't take some credits as, you know, as transfers. So let me ask you this. So with Brand, like with Brandon Joseph, maybe this was the case. Let's say you finished up your sophomore year and you're looking at transfer and you're talking to her name. And what if you just say, you know what? These two, these six credit hours, maybe they don't have to transfer and I can make that up at ND in my time there, blah, blah, blah. No, there's there. My understanding is there's no such thing. So we wow. talked about this at a previous podcast. That what, that's, that's, a, that's such a great way to, to to circumvent the whole – god damn it. People need to get creative. That's creative. <laughs> I mean I, I think there's creative and there's – I don't know. I don't know. I don't creative. know what that is. I don't know what that's that creative. is. That's creative. But, but that's, that's not, like let – so. like, let let's sit here and let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Okay. Yes. I have – you know, I am now technically going into my junior year. But what if we say technically that I'm not, that I, I am a third year sophomore ish because I'm lacking six credit hours that I can grab up in the summertime or whatnot during my time at ND. And I can make sure that, that most, most of my credit hours are Notre Dame credit hours that y'all care about. And then I'll, I'll leave a year early anyways to go to the draft, but you don't need to know that yet. I'm just telling you, I don't need these six credit hours. So technically we're good. I mean, that's great. There's no such thing as burning credits. I, I don't, I, I don't know how, I you don't, don't have to trans. I don't have to know how else to say it to you. I, I know you want me to give you permission, but um, <laughs> no, you, no, you just, you can, it's not that, <laughs> You look, 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 Jude. It's not about want. It's that you can, like, you can just say those credit hours didn't exist. Just take them away. They didn't. No, happen. I, 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 honestly, I believe that there's. But they're there's, not there, Jude. There's a whole, there's a whole academic progress um, that the NCAA is looking for, and I don't think that you can. I just don't think you can burn. I, I I'm, I'm almost positive you can't burn credits. So, um. I'm oh, sorry. You can. I think you can. No, you can't. If you, if you really wanted to, listen. If you really wanted to, you could set this is, room on fire. Is this a? Is I mean, you can do anything mis- you want to. Is this a misinformation podcast? Because I feel like you're trying to talk me into an answer that I, I'm pretty sure that I'm right about. So, I'm just, Josh is trying to turn uh, university credits into whose line is it anyway? <laughs> the points. No, are made I'm just up. saying the credits are made world, up. In this world, creativity is king. Is and I think there's a creative way to go about this if we really needed to. And I'm telling you that you may think the NCAA is without teeth, but they probably won't find – I probably won't see the humor in uh, you saying, I'm going to withhold – I'm going to I'm gonna burn credits I've already earned to make myself eligible at Notre Dame. They're well, see, what you do – listen, what you do, though, is, is that 
you just you do this in house. Like, yeah, sure. Those those come along because the NCAA, you earn those. Those are yours, man. But they're not really allowed in my house. You gotta stay on the front porch. <laughs> come in the house, those they're they're out there and you're in here. And so when the NCAA comes by, they'll do a drive-by check. They're right there on the front porch. Hey, there they are. <laughs> and it's all perfectly legal. There's no rules being broke. NCAA-wise. Well, and, and to be- it's, just, it's just a matter of your in-house rules, what you allow. And you don't want these in your house, but you don't mind it if they're out on the front porch. Now, do you? And to to uh, to kind of defend Josh a little bit. Oh, my this, God. Don't. Not you, too. This, this is – these rules are Notre Dame self-imposed. No other. No, no. This like, is NCAA academic. No, no. Rules. Right, but you do. But you're not getting what I'm saying, Jude. Oh, I you see don't burn saying. the credits. You just leave them on the front porch. Yeah, you. Oh. See, it's all about creativity. You know what? Dude. There, In 2022 there creativity and innovation is the name of the game, and I. There believe, are 130 compliance departments that are just literally sick to their stomachs hearing us talk about this. <laughs> oh, I, I'm pretty sure the compliance office at Notre Dame listens to this podcast. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> I'm probably, just them know, hey, I just like, pictured them. Stop spreading this. You can email me at subwaydomer26 <laughs> at gmail.com. Both oh, hands. No. Any new ideas about oh, no. some nuance, creativity, Involved in the transfer process, I am sure Marcus Freeman will have my back on this. They've moved from both hands, uh, head in both hands, to slowly massaging temples. <laughs> you should you should see my fucking hand movement right now as I've been uh, speaking of this. <laughs> speaking of the video that. I made. <laughs> uh, uh, creativity and innovation, gentlemen. It's the name of the game. There's a way to leave credits out in the front porch for the NCAA to be happy and for it not to be in your house. It's just, it's muddy shoes, man. (laughs) (laughs) Just picture recruit putting some, some credits inside a paper bag and setting them on fire. And (laughs) Jenkins coming out. And then, uh, which is, which is basically what, uh, which is basically what we did with Evan Houston's recruitment. Don't tell me my business devil woman. (laughs) (laughs) Why is it the burning credits? Uh, yeah, I wanted to at least mention. Uh, I wanted. To, I wanted to pat myself on the back for another job well done with Devin Houston's uh, commit post. And oh no, that that court. is my favorite bit on uh, on the interwebs right now is the decision, the the picture decisions that you make for every Notre Dame recruit. They seemingly just get better and better every time. <laughs> Listen. What's funny about this one is number one, I wasn't expecting that. And so as soon as I found it, I, I threw it in our DMS. Like, there it is. There it is. Like, Oh my God, there it is. So, but I, uh, I just, uh, I searched Notre Dame football on Twitter. Just like, I'm looking for stuff for the triple option. Right. So I'm like, Oh, maybe there's some stuff out there that I don't know about, you know, searched it. I ended up seeing like at least 35 to 40 articles on other sites that are, it's basically my article that they stole with that picture <laughs> of, the, of Houston <laughs> and Elston. And normally I'd be like, oh, those fucking assholes. You know, those these shit sites, you know, just just stealing basically your entire article. Uh, not basically, like the the article is up there. I I couldn't laugh harder than just keep seeing that picture of Houston and Elston. That's <laughs> like mission accomplished. Job well done. We did it. Hang the banner. 
We did it, uh, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do, can't do it for all the recruits. <laughs> we did it, Joe. Um, we, we did it, Joe. Joe. <laughs> we did it, Joe. <laughs> we found Michael. We, built, we built back better. We did it. Uh, <laughs> are you talking about we did it, Joe? Joe Manchin? We blocked another one, Joe. No. No, no, no. Moving no. on. Moving on. Um, Triple P post picks petty. <laughs> Which is definitely me. Oh, man. I think that might be it. So, no, I'll, I'm going to brainstorm uh, on a podcast with you guys real quick. Okay. So I was th- speaking about content for the Off the Rails podcast. <laughs> and I'm, I'm putting this out there because I was going to do it. And I'm like, nobody asked for this. Nobody at all asked for this idea. But I kept having it in my head like over a couple of days. And I'm like, nobody asked for this. Why would I do this? So a thought I had was because it's the off season and I promise you it's not out of narcissism it is out of just maybe somebody would find this interesting. And I think it would be interesting if someone else did this. Like if Tim Priester did this, I would think it'd be interesting, but I thought about doing it off the rails about my journey from the first day at subway Dover on blog spot to now, like laying it all out, warts and all <laughs> about from then to now. Like, what do you think about that? I want that. I would listen. To nobody, that. A- nobody's, nobody's asking for this. And yeah. I, I, I hesitate to do it because it does seem like a, kind of a fucking vanity exercise, which I trust you. <laughs> Once you'll hear it, it isn't, there's no vanity involved. <laughs> but I thought it'd be interesting because I thought about other writers and other bloggers that we know, um, you not even just Notre Dame, like, like, like someone like Spencer Hall, like, like no one, like, like the, the drive they just did for, um, uh, oh, for the charity drive, they always do, uh, American path, new American pathways. Like until they do that, I, you never, I never knew that he worked there and did all this, you know, just knowing this stuff about the people that you interact with all the time on Twitter and, and the people that you read during college football season and all that. I saw that was, it's interesting to know these little things about people. And so I thought about doing that. So if you're listening to this, if you think this is just the dumbest thing and you're not going to download the, the off the rails podcast, let me know before I do it. <laughs> and if you want to hear it, then how, let me know that you want to hear how it. juicy is it going to be though? Cause I, th- I know it could be juicy. Well, yeah. Oh, it could. I mean, it could be. I mean, better than Megan McCain's memoir that sold 256 copies in its first. Well, I don't probably know. not as good as that. Good. Can't be <laughs> that, that good. good. There. I mean, there's definitely going to be um, times where I'm probably crossing the line about what I should talk about and what I shouldn't talk about. Right. Um, but you know, I'll probably leave some stuff out and maybe you know, personal shit with with you know, friend, quote unquote friends, some of it. Uh, but I mean, there'll be, there'll be enough juice in there. There'll be enough vitriol about certain things in there. So I'm still angry that I lost my name. So I will fucking go off about that. Um, so I don't know. Do it. 
It's the off season. I'm just we'll do I'm, spit, I'm fucking spitballing here. <clears throat> that will be a very drunk episode. So, uh, if that happens, just make sure you edit it drunk too, so you don't cut any of the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, guarantee this will not affect Notre Dame uh, this year. But uh, just got to notice here that uh, Ohio State got a five-star quarterback. Number 2024 class, number eight, Dylan Raiola. Yep. Just letting you know. Teams are yeah. out there grabbing five-star quarterbacks. Let's get one. And I just want to let you know that Dolly Parton is starring in a musical about Taco Bell's Mexican pizza that will premiere on TikTok later this month. Bullshit. Nope, that's are a real thing. Me? Nope, that's real. Oh, my God. She is a fucking hero. <laughs> <laughs> They're... There might not be a better American out there than Dolly Parton. Like, period. Oh, what a fucking treasure. God, I love her so much. <laughs> That's real? That's really going to happen? Yes. I mean, NBC News is reporting it, so I, it must be real. Are you sh- <laughs> It was <laughs> I mean, if you had, if you had, if you had said that, that if you had said that five years ago, it wasn't Brian, would be doing a it wasn't Brian Williams, was it? First of all, they'd be like, why does Mexican pizza need to be promoted? Mexican pizza is on the menu. No, um, it's not. It hasn't been. Right. But it's coming back. And that's why they need to promote it. Well, what they need to do, I, what I need to do then is to write Dolly Parton and demand that she help me get the Cholito back. On the menu. I mean, it sounds like she's got some sway, so. I mean, I think she does. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's get. Yeah, the Mexican pizza comes back out, what, next week? I, uh, I haven't I don't know. that locked in. I don't know. I'm not I'm not locked into the uh, bottom tier uh, fast food. Oh, well, it is. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I stand by it. I said what I said. It is bottom tier. Since they <laughs> I said what I said. Since right, they like, got like, their menu. Since they I got will their not menu. It's fine. It's fine, though. Like, you can, like, but you don't have to be mean about it. Since they got it's their Taco menu, Bell. it's just the same thing gussied up five different ways. Listen, I read something profound. Look, that, that's all fair, but it doesn't change the fact that it's a go-to. Listen, I read something profound a couple of weeks. Like, I mean, it was, it was a while back ago. And it was this, is that you should never, like, shit talk someone's fast food option because you have no fucking idea what that person was going through and, and the food that they needed was that. Like, fast food, like, junk shit fast food can really help a person out when they're filling out. You know what? I don't give a fuck because there could be somebody who's feeling real <laughs> shitty in Michigan beating Ohio State this year made their whole year better. And I don't care because I don't give a fuck about Michigan. Fuck that person. <laughs> fuck, fuck Taco Bell eating Taco what's, Bell. Made what's happy. Michigan got to do with the taco pizza? Because they're Mexican both pizza. shitty. <sighs> like, look, I'm a Mexi Melt. Uh, it was a Toledo person That's straight what I'm up. Saying. I mean, I'm not. A, I've never been the a fact big that they Taco Bell got person, their menu. But there's been times where it has just been absolutely hits the fucking spot. They cannot be forgiven for gutting their menu. Like, 
this is the sort of thing like when when a football team is bad, like the Detroit Lions, don't go to the game. Stop going to the game. Stop giving the Fords your money. When Taco Bell guts their menu, stop giving them your money. Demand that they bring back options that aren't the same meat, cheese, and crunchy tortilla, the same combination of which just in different shapes. It's like Chef Boyardee. It's like how many times do you have to put noodles, tomato paste, and like sausage substitute or whatever it is? Now you're out here dissing Chef Boyardee? Yeah, spice it up a little bit. I mean, I might have survived an entire month in college once off of Chef Boyardee and grits. I did that with uh, ramen noodles. <laughs> I, yeah. I couldn't go that route. I look like I, I should bail with the machinist after. Uh, I, I did do. I definitely did that, too. I mean, I did a whole month of White Castle before Oof. the fucking guy from McDonald's, the guy that did McDonald's. I didn't document. I should have. I did a whole month of White Castle breakfast, lunch and dinner. I was allowed church's chicken because it's right next to it. So you hit that up every once in a while, too. But mostly we're talking sliders. And chicken rings and mini corn dogs. (laughs) And just the best fucking curly or crinkle fries and onions that come in a paste. The, the, The onions are they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. Don't. I'm not besmirching. Not. I'm not besmirching. I'm just saying that the onions do, in fact, come out of a square. I was to say, Michigan resident, do not besmirch White Castle. I, you I at have, least get. You at least have them around you. I do not. I have to no, go on road trips. There's only one, and it's an Ypsilanti. No, just one left. Just one. Well, that's the only one in in Washtenaw County that I can think of. What? Yeah. There was at least three in 96. Uh, nope, none in Ann Arbor. Uh, obviously none in Dexter, Chelsea, uh, Pinckney. None, none in uh, any of the cities. None in Celine. Just, uh, just the one in Ipsy. That pisses me off because I know there was more than the one. And if not, then I was super high. He <laughs> uh. <laughs> just kept... There's no way. There's no way there wasn't just, wasn't just. I know there was more than one. I mean, got on washed okay, turned is, on Packard. This is 25 years Stone ago. So. Yeah, throughout right the one was off Packard. Yeah. Yeah, Packard and Washington. Yeah, that's the only one. Yeah, that had that was the one with the three inch uh, bulletproof glass. Well, they needed it. Yeah, because it's what people craved. And, and then the part, the apartments right by right by that that was where the guy with the with the green spice was at. So you could you know double dip your run. Yeah. Well, that, that's the hmm. point. That's why they put it there. Well, that's why he bought the location. <laughs> well, now in Michigan, now you go to these, fa- you go to a fancy like doctor office, like atmosphere. Uh, the per cap, well, not even, I mean, they're not even like, they're like uh caf- they're more like cafes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you, you go in and there's a waiting room Yeah. and you give them your name and your ID and you, yeah, you wait like you want to see a doctor. Then the, the weed nurse comes out and says, Please come in. But then you go into like a showroom, like it's like a private, like Tiffany's, like jewelry thing. And it's just nothing but weed in these glass cases. It's like, where were you 30 years ago? Per capita. I don't. Yeah. I mean, when you're driving into Ann Arbor or or around Ann Arbor, the billboards on 94, there's like (laughs) 
at a bare minimum, ten, just in the 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 ninety four corridor on they, just through Ann Arbor. There's ten. Listen, they, they got him on eighty ninety in Indiana. Yeah. Just take a hard right and come come, come up here, basically. Well, where my where my wife's family's from, uh, which is right by the Indiana border, it's just outside Angola. Uh, they have like six distro uh, weed uh, recreational weed uh, distro centers there too, because it's like Just right up. on that Indiana border. It's like a what, by, clear, by, uh, cold by cold water. water? Yeah, yeah. They, they got the you know like population ten thousand, and they have like seven yeah. weed stores. Yeah, there's a uh, a uh, Hicksville's got a, a two bandits brewery. Just opened up a yeah in cold uh, a new one in cold water. Yeah, so. <laughs> Anyways, I think we got to the point. All right, Jude, what do you got left in the tank, sir? So the um, men's lacrosse team did not make it into the tournament, but the women's lacrosse team did. Um, yes, they did. We talked about it last week that they had to go on this amazing run to to even get to this point. Um, their hope, their the the tournament will be played in Evanston at, for at Northwestern for the first for the first two rounds. And they're playing Michigan, who they played earlier in the year and lost to. So it's a revenge game. Uh, it's going to happen Friday. Revenge uh, tour. And if they win, they're going to beat. Uh, they're going to play the the winner of Northwestern, who's the fourth seed in the tournament, and Central Michigan. Oh, so yeah. I just want to mention that. Um, so the second Spicy, thing is brother. that uh, Tommy Kramer got married over the weekend. I don't know if you oh, guys saw that. Tommy. Um, groomsmen included Brock Wright, Ian Book, and Robert Hainsey. And there were several attendees like Cole Kometz and Jared Patterson and Aaron, uh, Aaron Banks and Quentin Nelson who came back for the, for the ceremony. So congratulations to, to Tommy and I forgot to look up the name of his new wife, but Tommy and his new wife. Crispy and Tommy's Cardins. still playing for the Bears, right? Is that where he's at right now? I remember him I'm being in the sure. Lions, but maybe I'm thinking, remember. maybe it is the Lions. Maybe I was thinking of um, of uh, Mustafer uh, bars. No bar. I'm thinking of bar was bars. in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy's still with the Lions. Lions, <laughs> along with like ten other domers. Yeah, yeah. That's all okay. I got. Well, good luck to the ladies. Yeah, I, I, I. I automatically knew you were going to bring them up at the end, Jude. So I did yeah. not talk about them on purpose uh, after we uh, bitched about the men's squad not getting in the tournament. <laughs> so good luck to them. That's a, that's a short little trip for them. So let's go get it. Yes, doable. Brennan, my friend, what do you got left in the tank? Uh, this is a shout out to all of the uh, the individuals this time of year. Stay safe on those ladders, cleaning out gutters. Um, <laughs> it's still windy. Make sure you, uh, if you, when you get that uh, grass seed down to, to to clear out those patches, make sure you don't uh, water water before night when the sun's down. If you water during the day, when the sun's high, uh, with your amateur watering, it's just gonna bake the grass. <laughs> so good luck, good luck to all uh to all of you out there in these these uh delicate times that we find ourselves in and needing to get our lawns ready for the summer. What's your footwear situation this year? Uh, my footwear situation is last year's regular day shoes. So my shoes from the year before become my lawn shoes for the next year. That's Judy. Do you do that too? 
Is that your cycle? I do the same exact thing. So I have a, have exact a thing. I used to have new, new balances and now it's, um, their champion brand, but they're just, they're, I've worn them out because I ran on them. And then once they, the sole basically died, then it was, they became the, the lawn shoes. I so. did that in, uh, I had a, like a slight hill, uh, on the lawnmower and there was no sole left in the bottom of my shoe. It was like, <laughs> it was like, a you know, slicks on a racetrack. And oh, yeah. I was pushing the, the lawnmower up this hill and like, I was, it was like a cartoon running on ice and I almost like <laughs> biffed it. And I was like, man, that lawnmower would have rolled back on me and, and eaten me alive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, that I bet. I mean, I bet if we ask around, I, what do you think? 90% of people out there do the last year rotation. If you don't, what, I mean, what are you doing with your old shoes? Yeah, That's what, what I want to know. Well, I mean, I used to have some, um, Oh God, what are they like are they from Merrill? They're like a, um, Brooks. No, is that Brooks? Um, it, it's a, it's a, it's an outdoor hiking shoe. Yeah. I got Merrill's. You know, yeah. Yeah. Merrill's. You, well, yeah. but, but they're like, they're like, they're kind of, they're sandal-esque cause they're open, you know, open air, not, not open toe. Crocs. Anyways. Oh, you Crocs. Oh, yeah, Crocs. Yeah. They're not yeah. fucking Crocs. You wore Crocs. Okay. <laughs> okay. They're not. Yeah, we uh, we understand no, now. We get it. You had your socks you're on. You're Crocs. Crocs. That's these fine. Are, That's fine. No, these are generally like what you, you know, because you can go in a river, walk around, come out, and um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what the name is, but I used those for a couple of years. Crocs, and those were yeah. those were a nice little option. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm square back into the last year. Uh, is this year's Moshu mode. But I broke the cycle is what I'm saying for a little bit. No. Breaking the cycles are good. Let's do it. Like, let's win a big game on the road. Let's uh, break uh, Ohio State's uh, home winning cycle streak against what? all of the illustrious teams they played in their home openers. <laughs> What's their home winning streak? Uh, they, I eight, don't like believe eight they, games. Not, no, not even eight, is it? No, they're ho- they haven't lost a home opener at Ohio State in like 50 years or something stupid. Yeah, it's not 50 years. It's like 20 years or something. They haven't lost a, a home opener. It's and a, yet it, they have a lot of home losses early in September out because they've they've lost Oklahoma, they've lost to Texas, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, Oregon. That's not the the home well because the home opener for Ohio State is always a uh, it's always a layup cupcake. Right. And then the second game is the big out of conference one. Right. Okay. So, so they, are we get Green? they are 112, 112, 12 and four in home openers. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. I'd like to know all those opponents. I uh, want to know how many of those are Iowa pre-flight. I mean, before Land, I pre-flight Land Grant's got them going all the way back to 1890. Ooh. Coming up with a content Land Grant at <laughs> Holy Land. All right. Well, that's it for us. Uh, like I said, let me know if you want to hear all the juicy slash non-juicy tidbits and an off the rails uh, pod. Other than that, we'll be back next week with uh with maybe some news. I don't know. We don't know. And if not, I'll have a better plan 
uh, going in the one we had tonight. Maybe we'll come up with something juicy ourselves. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe this is the time to break out the Dungeons and Dragons uh, episode. I don't know. It feels like it, doesn't it, Brennan? Yeah, we'll, we'll have to have a trial run. Oh, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, for Jude, for Brennan, for everybody over at One Foot Down, thanks a lot for listening. And as always, go Irish.